ruined Pentecost for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should get serious. So can you give a great big Ignite Life Gold Coast welcome to Jeanette? Okay. Hello. Wow. Mm. Okay. Right. Um, I'd just like to pray first before I speak. Okay. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. That, Father, you did send the Holy Spirit down at Pentecost. That the very first believers were baptised in the Holy Spirit. And as we um, discuss the matter today, Lord, I, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us in a way that is meaningful to us, just what you did for us and how the Holy Spirit can become a bigger part of our lives. Thank you. Do you want to, can I have the back light on? Sorry to be boring. Um, yeah, Pentecost means um, 50 days in Greek and it's counted from Easter and the Passover. Um, it's also called the Harvest Festival. Thank you. I somehow, I'm just going to move because I'm kind of right in that light. It's supposed to be. <laughs> I it's called a spotlight. <laughs> I know it's called, I know it's called a spotlight, but it's kind of like right in my eyes and it's like, okay, thank you. Well, moving on. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and the Festival of Weeks and Shabbat. Is that right? How you said Shabbat? Yeah. Okay. So it celebrates, originally, it celebrated the giving of the Torah, which is the first five books of the New Testament. Old Testament. Old Testament, I said New Testament. So that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And so that basically covers the beginning of ancient Israel's history and also this, the story of God because God's been in the story the whole time. And um, it covered the um, Ten Commandments, the law, moral, religious and civil laws. And, um, and it was also a call for the people of Israel to start living as children of God and not as slaves but because... When they're in Egypt, they were actually slaves. So, um, for us, the Holy the Holy Spirit leads and guides us. So He leads and guides us. Um, we don't we we have the law, but we are led and guided by the Holy Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit helps us read the Bible. He knows the Bible really well. He helped write it, and um, He speaks to us in visions, dreams prophecies, unctions, he leads and guides us through gut feelings, and um, also when we use the um, spiritual gifts. And there are many others. That's just a few that I noted. But they were led by the Torah, and they followed it religiously, and um, they didn't miss a beat. So um, I, for me, I, I, today I want to um, compare the two um, festivals, you know, Pentecost in the New Testament and the Old. I'd, I often have wondered why flames came. <laughs> well, come on, 
Surely some of you have too. So I want to go back to Exodus. I'll be using the New King James Version. And um, Exodus 19, 12 to 25, it is a bit of reading. But I just want you to get a sense. This is how they got, this is how God spoke to Moses and the setting. And it's a bit scary, but I really love it. I really love that God the Father interaction, the early interaction he had with the ancient Israelites. Maybe I'm a bit strange, but I like it. Okay, set bounds. For the people all around saying, take heed to yourselves that you do not go up onto the mountain or touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. So that starts really well. And um, 13, not a hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot with an arrow. With a man or beast, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. 14. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people. They washed their clothes and he said to the people, Be ready for the first third day and do not go near your wives. 16. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there was a thundering and lightning and a thick cloud on the mountain and the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that all the people that were in the camp trembled. Yeah, I would have too. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in the fire and that's you know I want you to note that there was fire on the mountain there was smoke there were trumpets you know pretty of a bit of an awesome sight and then oh and also the mountain quaked and it was like a furnace and then the blast of the trumpet sounded long and it became louder and louder and Moses spoke and answered him by voice and then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain and Moses went up. So, you know, it was huge. They weren't allowed to go near the mountain. Otherwise they would have, you know, something terrible would have happened to them. And, you know, God was sacred, couldn't go near. And then he starts reading out the Ten Commandments. So they heard the audible voice of God. Um, and so that's how God appeared to them. And, um, and again, it starts also a bit further. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to gaze at the Lord, and many of them perish. Also let the priests who come near the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. <coughs> But Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, Set bounds around the mountain and consecrate it. And then the Lord said to them, Away, get down then and come up, you and Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went and spoke to the people. Now, that was how the Ten Commandments and the law was delivered 
You know, we, they didn't have Jesus, the blood of Jesus, to protect them. from, And they weren't able to enter in and have that close relationship with God. They went... So next in um, Acts 2, 1 to 3, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all of one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house they were sitting in. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and they came and rested on each and every one of them. So now, you know, the Holy Spirit came with a mighty rushing wind and also fire. So the fire of God now, you know... It's not a threat because Jesus has made a way. So the fire of God is able to come on, onto the people at Pentecost and baptise them with the Holy Spirit because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. I don't know if you've ever thought of it, but I, I, I've been thinking about it for ages. I say, why, why, why the fire? Why, why? And that's why. So it was the coming of the Holy Spirit to earth, you know? And so when the Father came, you know, he, he wasn't able to come like that because Jesus hadn't died for our sins. Anyway, and when at the birth of Jesus, so you have, have um, God coming that way, you have the Holy Spirit coming that way down to earth. And when Jesus came down to earth, you had angels proclaiming his birth you know, how awesome, to the shepherds. And then after they'd spoken, um, a multitude of angels, you know, sang and praising God and, you know, glory to God in the highest and um, peace to earth and goodwill to all men. You know, that was his entrance into the world. And so you have, you know, really the two I want to compare is the fiery mountain and the Holy Spirit, you know, coming down as a mighty wind and flames of fire. Um, so that's, and when, at Jesus' baptism, um, when he was baptized, he, um, the dove came down upon him and rested upon him and you know, the father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And, um, you know, in the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit came upon people, he didn't go in them, he rested upon them so that they were able to complete the task that God gave them. You know, thinking of Samson, you know, and he, he was filled with power and he was able to, you know, take down a whole army and things. You know, it's it was different. Now, I woke up this morning, and you can shoot me down, I don't really mind. You know how sometimes you wake up and you have ideas and thoughts come into your head? Well, mine was <laughs> that if the Holy Spirit had gone into them, it would have blown them apart because, you know, they <laughs> there's no blood of Jesus to cover them. I don't know if you've ever thought of that before, and I thought, I'm not going to share that, but I have now. It's too late. <laughs> so, heck, <laughs> I'm done.
<laughs> I'm undone. And I don't have any scriptural basis for it to really argue that either. <laughs> it was just a thought. But imagine it, you know, like, you know how sometimes we think that, you know, we can believe that we're going to go to heaven. Okay, we've repented, given our hearts to the Lord. Yeah, I can believe I'm going to heaven. Right, done. I can sometimes struggle with um, being healed and completely being filled with, um, you know, being healed and having the fullness of God. But how about if I don't completely believe and receive the Holy Spirit? And, you know, every now and then one of us gets blown away because, hey, God hadn't really completed the full task. But he has, you know, he really has. When he went to the cross... He did a complete work. It is finished. You know, nothing left undone. So we don't have to worry about being blown apart when we receive the Holy Spirit. Just let you all know that. I know you needed to know that. You think that's... Anyway, no more crazy thoughts. Um... <laughs> don't make promises. Okay. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Thank you, David. Anyway, back, back, back to the story. Back to the story. So, you know, when the Holy Spirit came, it entered the believers. So, technically, uh, omnipresent. He's everywhere. But, you know, sometimes we think, oh, if Jesus had only was here, he could heal me, he could fix me. But, you know, when Jesus was on, on the earth, he did come as, as God and man, but he wasn't omnipresent, was he? He... He, you don't hear of anywhere in the Bible where Jesus was here, here, and there. He was just in one place. And you know, when he died, when he was about to go, he um, he said, you know, it's better for you that I actually go, so we can have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, is able to help us, and He's everywhere. You know, He's not limited to, you know, one million followers. He can just do us all. Isn't that awesome? Really awesome. Anyway, John 2, 19 to 21. Jesus answered them and said, he's um, talking now about the body becoming a temple. So Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. You know, and then the Jews said to them, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you say you will raise it up. But he was speaking um, of his body as the temple. You know, and in, um, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6 to 19, or do you not know that your, temp your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you, whom you have from God and your body, and it is not your own. So when the Holy Spirit came, he came and dwelt. So we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Before, it just used to be um, the temple, the tabernacle, was filled with the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. But now we have it in us. How awesome is that? It's just, it, it is, you know, uh, when you think about all the things that God has done, it, it just blows, you know, it blows me away. But it's okay, I'm not going to blast up. Um, so, at Pentecost, there was a great and rushing wind, very strong and loud. Some say like a, you know, a big jumbo aeroplane. I don't know names of aeroplanes, but, you know, loud, really loud. There have been um, um, a few people who have experienced um, 
you know, the tongues of fire and the, and that loud noise, and they say that it sounded like a jumbo jet, you know, really very loud, very loud. So anyway, um, so there is a reference where Jesus talks about the wind. So um, in the Hebrew, in the Greek language, the word for breath, wind, and spirit is the same. So I'm going to try and say it, and then David can... Uh, <laughs> or maybe I didn't type it and I don't have to say it. <laughs> but anyway, they're the same. So the three words, it's, it, they're in... Um, in I did write it down, but I can't see it. Maybe I didn't save it. Do you know, I got up in the middle of the night and I went, I really should have recorded that. So I got up, had something to eat, and typed it in. But I don't think I saved it. Isn't that hilarious? No, I don't think I wrote it anywhere. If I find it, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Anyway, it's exactly the same word. And in John 3, 8, when he's talking to Nic Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he said, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound, but you can't tell where it comes from. So everyone needs to be born of the Spirit. So when he was actually talking there, he was talking about the Spirit of God. So it is the same word. And I've talked about that. And I've talked about that. Oh, we're going good. Done lots of and the, um, the scripture for, um, for that is um, about when uh, Jesus talks about him going away is John 16, 7 to 14. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and of sin because they do not believe me, of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for I will take for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So what happened to the people when the Holy Spirit came? You know, um, in Acts Four to twelve, you know, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other language, in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, the sound occurred. The multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, isn't our, look, are not all these who speak 
Galileans, yeah. And then I've gone just down to 8B. And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? We hear them speaking in their own languages the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, how could this happen? So they were actually hearing in their own language the declarations and the wonderful things that God was doing. So, you know, often the Holy Spirit will speak to us about things, and even salvation. Often the Holy Spirit has led people to salvation long before they come up to an altar or, or pray with somebody. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit really able, he is able to lead and guide people. Um, I know Rod and I, we often love people. We pray for them that, <laughs> that the Holy Spirit will do his work, you know, because he can, we can't. We can only love people. We can listen and then we pray and, you know, the Holy Spirit often tells us stuff. But really, you know, the Holy Spirit holds his church together. Doesn't he, Helen? <laughs> he does. And, you know, the amazing work he does. Just, I, I know some people don't, you know, they, they believe in the Holy Spirit, but they keep him in a little box very safe and, and but well we're there safe actually but he really is everywhere and he's working in believers and even those who aren't baptised in the Holy Spirit you know he still speaks to them and he moves in their world he's just so awesome I really I asked to be allowed to speak on Pentecost because I like this kind of stuff you know for me it's exciting yeah I really like it so, um, um, so something happened when they all heard that stuff and when they became filled with the Holy Spirit. They, they were filled with boldness. And, and before that, the disciples were hiding up in the upper room. <laughs> they didn't want to be caught by the authorities. Because, you know, Jesus had risen from the dead. They couldn't find his body anywhere. The Romans had put a seal over the tomb. So the Roman shot, shot soldiers, they probably um, would have been killed because, you know, they failed. And some say that, that um, the, the Jewish... Um, soldiers or, or those that, you know, looked after the temple, they probably were paid off or done away with. And so the disciples were really quite afraid. They were hiding. They didn't really know what the Holy Spirit was. Maybe a little bit, you know. Jesus had the Holy Spirit. I guess they knew that. And they sort of knew that he, he was going to come and help them, but they really didn't know. So they were hiding away and, and they were praying that, you know, because they didn't quite know what to do. Before that, Jesus had led and guided them and he, 
you know, the Holy Spirit came down and filled them with boldness. Hallelujah. Absolute boldness. So much so that Peter started to preach and to talk about, you know, he accused them also of killing Jesus. <laughs> like you, I'm like, I don't think I'd do that. And I'm like, ask him for trouble, really. But he did. He took them through this, the, the story of Israel and, and that they had crucified um, God and that Jesus was, you know, the Son of God and that they needed to repent. And 3,000 were added to their number. So they went from 120 followers to 3,000. No, 3,000 were added to their number. So that means 3,100. And 20. So this thing, you know, and, and then they went out and they preached the gospel. They start they started, you know, straight after that in Acts, they go to the temple and they heal somebody that was um a cripple. And I know they did that when Jesus was around and with them, but they'd lost the courage. They were going to go back fishing, you know. I don't know, you know, it'd be like you have a job and then all of a sudden you don't have a job. And, and you know, the, they believed in Jesus that he was going to um, bring back, you know, the rule of Israel. And that didn't happen. So their world was shattered. But all of a sudden, these people start speaking in boldness and start healing people in the temple. And, you know, they got into a lot of trouble for doing that. They got flogged and locked up. But they kept going. They did not stop. They were filled with the boldness of God. Absolutely. You know, this. you think about Paul being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, before that, he went around killing Christians and persecuting them. And God touched him, filled him with the Holy Spirit. And he was unstoppable. Shipwrecks, beatings, prison. Um, it's, he actually had three shipwrecks. And he was in an open boat, well, in the sea, open sea for a day and a half. Just did not stop. You know, you think about us, and I, I wonder if they're up there in heaven thinking, oh, another church is being planted. Oh, some more people are being saved. And, you know, oh, they're having an afternoon tea at church today for <laughs> the believers. You know, and if you think about it, you know, they planted those roots and they, they shared their faith. I'm not saying you have to go out and, you know, take on the world, but just think about, you know, the foundations that our faith has been built on. It's so powerful and it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And I know we all hear the Holy Spirit, but sometimes we don't listen. At work the other day, I felt this thing inside me that I needed to go turn off the aircon. But I decided that three people had already been in that room and they would have turned it off. <laughs> and they didn't. And you know how sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you stuff and you kick yourself afterwards and go, why didn't I listen? You know, you get so many chances, you can you get better at it. Just get better at it, get better at it, and get better at it. I, I know once the Holy Spirit told Rod, 
to move his money <laughs> out of a particular place, and he didn't, so he lost a whole lot of money. But the Holy Spirit fixed it up later on, and he made up for his losses. But, you know, he, he really pays to listen to the Holy Spirit, big time. You know, um, uh, I know Rod's been told to pull over on the side of the road while he was driving to work, and, you know, prevented him from having a really bad accident. So it's just amazing, isn't it? It is so amazing. It's exciting what the Holy Spirit can do and what he has done and how he's able to speak to us. Anyway, so before Jesus returned to the Father in heaven, he appeared to the disciples, and this is Acts 1, 4 to 9. And being assembled together, he commanded them. So he's, he's appeared to them. So he's been resurrected. He's appeared to them and he said that they needed to wait. 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 He commanded them not to depart, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. And now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. That, that's just amazing. So the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity of God. It's not an it. He is part of the Trinity. And he's a, um, an expression of the love between the Father and the Son. So when Jesus came, he revealed the Father. And the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us. And, you know, you can know, if you hear voices in your head, and sometimes we do, you know if it's the Holy Spirit because he will direct you to Jesus and there is a love. So the Holy Spirit is really attracted to the Word of God when we pray, when we Praise God we're in worship. Actually, in worship, if you're struggling, worship is a really good way to um, come in contact with the Holy Spirit because when we sing, hopefully we are all singing the same song. We are singing the Word of God. We are in unity. Often, church is an unusual place. I guess maybe if you go to a game and, you know, all the supporters, you have the supporters on this side and the supporters on that side, and they're all four, they're in unity. We want our team to win, and on the other side, we want our team to win. But in church, when you come to church, I really encourage you to come to church. Because in church, it's a little bit different to real life. I mean, not real life, the world, because... We are in unity. We want good things for you. 
And so when we're all singing the same song, you know, we're in unity, we're singing the word of God, and the Holy Spirit is attracted to that. So I want you to make the most and press into God in worship because that's when you can really meet the Holy Spirit. That's when he can speak to you, you know, um, things you've been waiting for, things you need, um, words of wisdom, prophecies. It is a really, really good time to press into God, to pray for, for healing. I mean, you've got to still keep praying, singing, I mean, but you can still, you know, just reach out to God. And um, after they received the Holy Spirit, they also had joy. <coughs> I forgot joy. They were happy. They were really encouraged. And, yeah, they, they probably knew that they would have to follow the way of Jesus and it was going to be dangerous, but they probably all just had a good old holy chuckle about, yes, yes, all these things happened. They say that when um, Barnabas and Paul uh, were locked up, you know, they were getting over their, their latest beating and they were laughing. They were happy. They had the joy of the Lord. They were so filled with the Holy Spirit, they had the joy of the Lord. Can you imagine that? Oh, ouch, ouch. Oh. You know, really amazing. Really amazing. Anyway, so I haven't finished. It would really, really um, um, bless us if anyone who would like to receive the Holy Spirit or would like prayer we are available. I, I'd just like to pray actually for all of us. I thank you, um, Lord, for this, that you sent the Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity, to be with us here on earth, that you came and dwelt amongst us and that you dwelt in us and that we are just so grateful. I don't think I could do my walk without you. And I know others are very, very grateful. But I pray that for a deeper relationship with the, um, with the Trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would help us with that. And I know that you've done everything. When you, Jesus, when you went to the cross, you completed everything. Everything was done. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to receive